0: Hey, welcome back. We might look a little bit different, but I promise you, it's the same old crew. I'm Kyle, representing Beards of Tech. This episode, we go into a little bit of a recap on us. And of course, the last few months, we're going to catch you up just in case you missed it yourselves. Galaxy was folding a little early in the hand. We got Huawei conspiracy theories. Apple lost the lead designer and Google gained a few more pixels. Sam Fran doesn't want anybody to be recognized amazon's warehouse are battling and microsoft is launching up into the clouds this is episode 87 of beards of tech originally recorded on july 24th 2019
1: hope you enjoy you do that as intro. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: Bam, Forget bam, bam, all of Dev's hard bam. work that he put into creating some new track. Dude,
1: <laughs> who needs? That who box. needs? Who needs reason when you got these pipes? What's going? What's going on, everybody? We're just gonna kick straight into it. Um, this is well. Welcome back, first of all, for all the longtime listeners, uh, mostly us, because we were the ones who left, not them. Um, was it February twenty sixth? Was 27th our last? Twenty seventh was our last. Show. Was the last show. Um, Yeah, so we got some splaining to do. (laughs) Um, We have come back out of our cocoons, out of our shells, spring-cleaned, if you will, as Beards of Tech, a.k.a. Bot. You're probably going to hear Bot far more often than Beards of Tech. Um, But also the pre-roll and the exit show just got a lot easier, because we only have one place to reference stuff, and it's all there. So it makes our lives a lot easier. (laughs) Um, And also no Facebook. So that's exciting. But... That being said, I am Matt Slavin, for all of our long-time listeners and long-time fans. Um, we have a full crew for the first time in maybe ever. Uh, I am joined today... I mean, I'm just going to do the old round-robin, the old, round old one-two buckle-my-shoe. How about you, Jeff? What's up? I have missed you. Hey,
3: hey I've missed you, too. Yeah. Uh, Jeff, Jeff Pudzinski here. Glad to be back on uh, the new rebranding, Beards of Tech. Um, Hey, like Matt said, to the longtime listeners, to new listeners, um, I am a semi-closet nerd uh, engineer by trade, and I like to produce music. I do the soundscapes of the lovely show you're experiencing. I totally forgot Uh, to give myself
1: a brief intro as well. Um, I guess host, software person... An avid dark theme user, so I'll just go ahead and say that. But yeah, I got to go it. out of uh, order
0: already, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Who's that voice? Another person out of order.
4: <laughs> uh, I think next we have Ryan. Hey, what's going on, everyone? It's uh, Wayne Ryan. <laughs> Happy to be Wayne, back on, on uh, Beers of Tech. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a little about me. Uh, Photoshop is my safe place, and. Uh, <laughs> I like music and i was a programmer up until recently so there you go <laughs> um
0: what's yeah. up everybody it's uh kyle kyle fisher k fish k dog fish Man, whatever you want to call me that's who i am what's up i'm so stoked to be back this is ridiculous yeah, Years I was really excited that you guys finally decided to name the podcast after me. I really appreciate that. Yeah, it was all you, <laughs> all because of you.
2: I, I know we all have beards, but yeah. our, our our new logo was modeled. It was meticulously modeled after Kyle's uh, uh, beard.
3: Beard-a. I'm really glad as that as we're all, not all taking... of our beards. Yeah, <laughs> I'm but, really uh...
2: glad that we're not taking
1: the ZZ Top approach and like one of us is clean shaven. I'm I'm really liking that we're diverting from that track right there.
0: Yeah, we all gotta <laughs> stick with. We got yeah. to make the name truly mean yeah. something. Um, but for a brief overview, uh, I am the most casual tech fan of the group. Uh, so I'm going to ask all the questions that if you're not a big tech fan, you're probably thinking at home um, <laughs> because I don't know them either. But uh, I, I love hanging out with these guys. I do love technology. Uh, and I'm also an avid sports and video game fan. So you'll hear most of my references go in that direction.
1: We do have some video games to talk about Ooh. at
2: some point. Yes, we do. But before and, that <laughs> Before that, uh one last person to introduce. Hello everyone. I'm Irvin, uh Lucas. I'm the resident uh uh, uh you call me a Tesla expert on the show. You can say that. The connoisseur of all things Elon Musk. There you go. Perfect. Perfect. Connoisseur of all things Elon Musk. I should bring out my flamethrower. Where is it?
1: Oh, oh, oh. Your stress <laughs> levels are directly tied to his Twitter activity. At any and and, and
4: the Tesla stock. And the Tesla stock. Thank you, Thompson. Well, both. That's
1: all. That, that's a. That's an equilateral triangle right there.
2: No, he's been. He's been posting quite uh, a few dank memes lately. Uh, he's the true meme lord. Um, so, Sid, <laughs> I am
1: become meme. I am,
2: yeah, be- I am become meme is Perfect. has officially
0: happened. So <laughs> I
2: am quite excited to get the start. The show started back up again. It's gonna be a little rusty, I think, for me anyway. I don't we're know about you guys, in. but we're gonna get back into it. We got a new face, new website, new everything. Literally a new face. And we <laughs> literally a new face. And we. Uh, for this episode, we thought it'd be good to sort of catch up on what we missed since the last show yeah. we published. <laughs> yeah,
1: because like you said, it has been quite some time, since, we, quite some since, time. We've, since we've done this tech podcast, and it's good to finally have this outlet back because I don't know about you guys, but I have been like talking random people's ears off about tech news lately, like literally anybody with an ear. <laughs> yeah, any, anyone's been was... like, hey anyone who will listen and even (laughs) and even those who will just humor me and not actually listen um my girlfriend is very happy that this podcast is back up Um, (laughs) just
0: because i'm on the podcast and at work i'm like dude relax it's it's a lot man
1: (laughs) i come up and i'm like kyle have you heard what happened this past week (laughs) no but um i'm it's, it is really good to be back, and I'm very happy that not only are we back with doing the show, but all five of us are here, so all of us start off with 100% attendance so far for the wow, show. So I'm super happy. I'll, um, I'll
3: update the Excel spreadsheet.
1: Yeah. <laughs> we still have uh, a note to our listeners. I, I do believe we still have some of the finer details of the show to work out. Some of the things like the, the Twitch stream still needs a little bit of TLC. Um, and on top of that, uh, the schedule is still being ironed out because we're all adults, and we all have our own stuff that we're working on. Um, so are things adults? are.
2: Well, what, we have an actual website, website now.
1: We do. Oh, that's good. We have an actual website, which is even better. Uh, we don't even need to list any of our mm. like of our affiliate links or anything like that. We can just literally point people to the website. Um, and which is. BeardsOfTech.com.
3: There hey! You Thank you very much. Ooh. Yeah.
1: Wow.
4: It's uh, a hit was my me my third the old,
1: guess. The old
2: www.beardsoftech.com. Uh, right and there. on. You can find all the old episodes from the past show as well as any new ones coming up. Uh, if you are uh, were uh, subscribed to the old show, you should have been upgraded to the new show. Um, with the new logo and everything. Yeah, totally if seamless. If you just found us, welcome, and yes. hope you enjoy. Yeah,
1: just for those of us who 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 are those of you who found us on the Beards of Tech stream, this is not a dead podcast. This is nope. very much alive now. No. Episode been since, eighty-seven. Yeah, it's been oh, it's been since February since there's been any activity. So I feel like we have to yeah get people back into it. Um, another thing worth mentioning is that we were previously a clean podcast, but now we say words like hell and poopy. <laughs> <laughs> My personal so,
0: favorite is Dag Nabbit, but
1: Dag Nabbit, yeah. Rapscallions, Scallions, you know, all, all that jazz. Uh, but yeah, so there's there's kind of a no holds barred thing there. So if there are any if there's any folks under the age of uh, eighteen and or very heavily religious folks, this may not be your cup of tea. But you
0: ne'er do wells.
1: You ne'er do wells, you yeah, or would that be a goody two-shoe in that case? But either way. Um, but yeah, I digress. <laughs> uh, do we want to get into the news or do we want to talk a little yeah. bit more about our show? Because we do, and and I liked the, the approach that we worked out in the pre-show. Um, the plan was originally just to kind of pick up where we left off, and I was thinking we would do, like, the past week and just kind of ignore the rest of the year, but I like the idea that we have about... Um, Covering pieces of, like, our favorite things that happened or didn't happen or succeeded or failed since we last had a podcast. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think that's a, a good place to start. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kyle's putting up some imagery. Uh, but yeah, so I think we should just get right into it.
2: Yeah, Galaxy had some uh, issues launching a particular phone.
1: Yeah, did we we talked about this phone on the podcast before?
2: Yes, we I did. It. I it made right that remember. episode. Yeah, yeah, it was announced. We talked about the announcement. You gotta know when to fold.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I don't know the rest of the words. Yeah, um, I see what you did there. Hey, but yeah, so the Galaxy Fold completely folded. <laughs> um it's still up in the air. It, I wouldn't say it's folded, but the launch date came and anyway. went anyway, <laughs> and no actual phone release happened because some uh, reviewers had a little bit of an issue with their screens. After about a day or two, it would just break or yeah. a little piece of dust would get stuck underneath the screen and would also break the screen. Uh and then there's uh what? The screen protector issue. There's a a layer on top of the screen. Since, of course, it bends, it has to be a plastic screen. So they put like a protective layer on it that's also plastic that looks like a screen protector. And some people try to rip it off because, you know, brand new phones come with like a built-in screen protector. Some of them um, that you peel off before you start using it. And Mm -hmm. some of of the reviewers thought, oh, you just peel this off. And that, nope, (laughs) actually, it's a critical piece of the component of the display. So... Samsung <laughs> delayed the launch uh, indefinitely, and we still have a new launch date. And it was supposed to be released what in April, end yeah, of April, yeah. someone around there. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're almost at the end of July now, and we still don't have an official release date uh, for the Galaxy Fold, a two thousand dollar right, yeah, two thousand dollar phone. Yeah, in
1: nineteen eighty nine, I think was nah, the price, or something like that. Great that year. was like. It was, yeah. It's <laughs> not for Samsung, though. <laughs> not for Samsung. <laughs> um, but I, it sucks because, like, I really wanted this folding phone. Like, as as, as I, I have no intention of buying a folding phone. But from a bystander and from a tech enthusiast perspective, like, I don't think I've ever wanted a piece of technology to succeed as much as this phone. Just because, like, it's, of like, the, it's, it's different.
3: It's like yeah. straight out of like Star Trek, like the, yeah. like, Oh, here you go. Folded phone. Yeah. Like, uh, and I think that maybe you would say you wouldn't buy this folded phone. You have no intention. But when it, if it were to succeed and other brands were to do the same thing, then you would certainly be on the market for it. Yeah. That's what's disappointing to me about it. Yeah.
0: And, and I think that, um, one thing that we, we used to say all the time is on, you know, when we were i 40 is we're almost at peak phone now. What What's the mm. next thing someone Sorry. could possibly right. do? And this was a next thing. This was a next idea. And and like you said, it didn't have to be the greatest phone of all time. But if it hit the market and was able to succeed, at, like to the level of just not breaking instantly, it, it it would have been a huge step forward for smartphones. And I think mm-hmm. this is um this is gonna deter people from going that route uh, just yet.
4: For sure. Oh, well, the, the price point that was set on it was ridiculous too. Off the bat, yeah, like nineteen hundred yeah. or something like that. Yeah. We see that, that a lot with fringe tech.
2: Yeah, well, with brand new technology, which which is expected. Flagship phones, they hit yeah. like
4: 1,200 tops. You're, going, you're aiming at 2,000. This is a totally new this market. Is about, this is the
2: next level, right, though? Like, flagship is now is around 1,000. But this will come down. But we needed that first step of, like, someone to right. try out the technology. I don't think they were expecting to sell this phone in volume at all uh, or they, make any money they, on it.
4: They um, had to know. Even in unit testing, there's going to be issues. So... Yeah. Why rush the release? Because it's when your competitors like you, know, you know why? Because they, they wanted.
2: It, it. No, they want it to be first. Because they, yeah. if they would have launched on time, they would have been the first to market with a foldable phone.
4: So are they the only ones on the market with a patent for this? No. No, no. So you got Huawei making one too.
2: Yeah. Uh,
1: but and the only, then, oh, great. although although Samsung is an Indian and Huawei is an Audi, but <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> it folds. It folds the opposite way. <laughs>
2: But um, yeah, it's you know like, who beat them to the punch and and MKBG put over the video is the Royal Flex Buy that we saw at CES. It yeah. actually now officially is the first foldable phone out on market, um, on the market that you can buy. You can't buy it here in the US, but um, you have to import it and it sucks. Uh, but
4: <laughs> the,
2: <laughs> the, what, like, the Galaxy Fold was like the only one of the. Only yeah. good options. That and Huawei. Huawei won't look so, pretty sick.
1: Like especially in technology, I don't think I've ever seen the first of anything be work a correctly. huge success or work correctly. No, of course. The first into, iPhone. The first iPhone.
4: Yeah. I remember being yeah, blown away that, by that. that no, back a, then, it was blown away back, by... It's like, wow, this is terrible. But sure. at the time, this was groundbreakingly unbelievable. I was like, oh my... Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: Technology, <laughs> yeah. yes, but it didn't sell well. Because it was too expensive at the time for the market that it launched in. And there was it, did, it really didn't sell that there
1: was well. A ton of controversy around that phone, too. Because wasn't yeah. it like it wasn't selling well, and then like within a month of it launching, they dropped the price by $100? Yep,
2: yeah, which yeah.
1: angered the early adopters who waited
2: yeah, in line. Right. Yeah,
4: <laughs> yeah.
2: Weeks, and then... Uh, they had to issue refunds for those people who were early adopters. Yeah, so there was some kind of controversy there. Which, you know, any is new... But I agree there it was that too it was, cool. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody has to play it with only QG
0: um, the hell out of here a refund because yeah. you bought it first day. That's your fault.
2: Yeah.
3: <laughs> you should have waited and
0: saw how it was like the rest of us. Yeah.
3: That's like that's like four K TVs. Like a couple years ago they're thousands of dollars. Now you yep. can get a huge one for like four hundred bucks. I know yeah,
1: it's right? that's yep. just the nature of the beast with technology.
2: Yep. Yeah. But um, that's what happens. But it yeah, it's funny how Samsung screwed their entire launch up and I think will they is it even worth it for them to release it at that point or just wait till like just go back and just keep working on the second one that they probably already are, are working on and just wait till next April to launch that one and why release a phone middle of the year that's yeah. gonna be obsolete again next in next April if they just adhere for- to that schedule.
1: I just feel bad for the developer because the person who worked on this the least visited page on Samsung's entire domain because it's like a really pretty webpage for the Galaxy Fold and it like <laughs> has a lot of nice like visual elements like the sliding Galaxy Fold logo and like the opening phone as you scroll down the page <laughs> but it's like unfortunately just like the dusty corner of Samsung's website because no one's going to care about this until next
3: year yeah when go. they the announce CEO. it Yeah. <laughs> the ceo is like ah the phone doesn't like it keeps breaking and no one likes it in testing yeah but think of the web developer oh you're right
1: <laughs> <laughs> you put so much work into it if you scroll down you just see the things pop in like out of out of the darkness of the web page and then it opens up and it says fold around the phone no I, but yeah it's it's like it's cool like i can't help but be excited about this kind of technology because it's like because, like, we've we've gotten so used to the, like, the slab of glass approach to smartphones where it's just this square with glass on both sides. And it's arguably the same form factor that even going all the way back to the original iPhone that we've experienced or even going all the way back to, like, the Palm. Um, just a generic touchscreen with maybe a couple of hardware buttons on the outside, whether they're on the side or at the bottom of the display or, like, a couple of peripherals, a port, like, and this is the first phone in arguably a decade to break that mold um, in any yeah. way more substantial than just a, a slab,
3: yeah. besides I the don't old like
1: slab, yeah.
3: I don't think that uh, Samsung was planned for the advent of the pop socket, personally. I think mm. that's really what did them in here. <laughs> yeah. What, you know, what, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? yeah Are you gonna put a pop socket on that thing yeah <laughs>
1: and arguably the um the l g flex was like the only phone that had a different shape to it between now and then, but nobody remembers the l g flex so that is what it is I'm,
3: I'm googling it right now <laughs>
1: that was when that was when l g was like
3: what if yeah, yeah. screen
1: phones were curved like the phones and the on in for the home yeah
2: it's
3: like
1: so what you yeah, could
2: it could way. match the curve of your face?
1: And yeah, your <laughs> because you know people. Make for your, but. <laughs> it your butt, it's a butt.
2: Yeah, butt. You put it in your that back has to pocket. Reason, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I sat on my phone. Oh, we're good. I <laughs> <laughs> said, so don't limit him. <laughs> uh, maybe Apple should have gone with that design for the iPhone six. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> I was gonna
0: try and make a reference to that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, it was DIY curve, right, for that phone. you, know, you just put it in your back pocket and just sit down. You can do it yourself. It's like a <laughs> magic trick. It's like wow. Even the display. You can phones. show all your friends. <laughs> Here, put this in your pocket. They can see. So, is this gonna be Air Power? Uh, Apple's Air Power? Is it gonna launch? You guys think it's gonna? They're gonna launch it? I'm gonna think.
1: I think it's gonna launch, but I think it's gonna be just as much of a failure as it was this year. <laughs>
2: It's definitely not going to sell in volume.
1: The problem with air power was that it was outputting enough. It was was outputting a high enough frequency to shut off pacemakers. That was the problem with air power.
3: (laughs) No trade-offs, trade-offs. It's
1: like (laughs) having a heartbeat, charging (laughs) my Apple, my Apple Watch, my AirPods, and my iPhone all at the same time. Although, which one's really you, more important
0: you say that and one of the references on the fold website is contains magnets which may interfere with medical devices such as pacemakers
4: <laughs> or cause damage
1: <laughs> to magnetic stripe cards dude, so, dude.
4: your money and your heart are just gone
1: damn they really we were competing
4: about with uh, when we talked about the cheese i think but what's the range on this one
1: uh the
4: magnetic
1: it's i'm gonna guess just yes yes <laughs> <laughs>
0: your whole
1: house <laughs> Also,
0: <laughs> it says that they tested it up to two hundred thousand folds. Is that like remember, like Guitar Hero? There was only a limited time amount you could press those buttons before or strum the thing before it broke. Like, is, yeah. is, is, if I get this phone <laughs> when it launches, do I only have two hundred thousand folds and I'm screwed? Yeah. So, yeah like, have i have
3: anxiety i'm just gonna sit there and fold the thing all day just like yeah and from yeah, what just... i've heard the, the the testers were folding it to the song uh, through the fire and flames by dragon force so. <laughs> <laughs> i like that
1: i um i i, I do wonder because like that would that would to me be like the like clicking the pen cap like it would just be like yeah. a compulsive thing for me i would just like be folding it and unfolding I it. have a
0: fidget device box for that reason i can't stop yeah. i like
1: I, I flip open the uh the airpods case whenever i'm like thinking of something like i'll just like flip that open and shut all the time or or like um i when i saw the one of my friends had a galaxy note like the the new one the note 9 and like i was just clicking in that the pen repeatedly like it's just like a compulsive thing and i feel like someone's going to hit that 200,000 fold limit and also like if the standard phone is going to be used daily multiple times for up to two years plus, because like you have people holding onto their phones now for more than two years, because like we were saying earlier, we're at peak smartphone. Like what's the, what's the true lifespan of this device? Because can you really test that in a lab? Like, that's what my question is here. Like, is that something that can be tested or is it just going to be like, all of these people are just going to start having their phones like snap in half after, or like begin to have this awful crease. Oh yeah. Form, the crease like on the display because your display is folding. So now you have to worry about a crease forming. Oh, I didn't even think about that. It's
0: like, there's yeah. something that's so,
1: I just never thought about that when we talked about it before. Mm. It's like something that I that would suck. Like you just have like a lighter shade of pixels running up and down the screen mm. and like, and we all know how many people complained about the blue shift on a pixel. And that's just from turning it on a different angle. Not right. even like this white strip that you'd have running down your your
2: phone all at all times. Do all those plastic, hey. sc- plastic screens
3: are mm-hmm. an issue. Yeah, but you're talking about a fold that you get after using the thing 200,000 times versus the 90% of iPhone users who have a crack screen and pretend it's not there.
1: That's true. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, but it's but it's the thing is is that like I don't think we've ever seen those 200. Well, like, we haven't seen the 200,000 folds happen in real life. And well, it if, like, like
3: they got they made it, sounds like they made it to 200 folds and then they had an issue. But, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and like we're we're talking like folding it in rain, folding it in snow, folding it in like blistering heat, blistering cold, like. Um, folding it and then having it fall into a toilet. Like we're talking about all these different possible <laughs> user scenarios that are going to happen. Then I just find it interesting that like this technology, like, I love the technology and I want it to succeed, but there's just so many, like, the more, the more moving parts you have on the phone, the more likely it's going to fail. Mm-hmm.
4: As a pleb consumer, yeah. my own question is, can it charge a jewel?
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's type C, so I would assume
4: so. Uh, oh. <laughs> Surprised they haven't moved into Chi yet. Chi charging. You can charge Just... your
1: jewel on your air power while your pacemaker mm-hmm. stops.
2: Oh god. It's <laughs> it's a a stop one yeah. <laughs> Love it. Love it. <laughs> um so uh, uh Trump did a thing related to tech news, not politics. He does uh, lots of things. While, this while, thing is yeah. This thing was uh, big, but now it's kind of rolled back since uh, it initially came out. But it was over the the, R break. Let's call it a break. (laughs) Uh, A little bit break. Um, But um, the U.S. government uh, banned all uh, gear from Huawei from uh, uh, entering Uh, 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 the country. Uh, They put it on a blacklist. It was uh, a, a considered a threat to U.S. strategic interests, um, and mainly because it is owned uh, by, uh, partly owned by the Chinese government. There's some iffy things there. There's some uh, not very clear on 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 who uh, has main uh, ownership, but there's some. Uh, intelligence out there or or news out there that part of part of it is owned by the chinese government and the huawei makes important gear not just smartphones but uh infrastructure gear uh for let's switches and uh, networking gear um and a lot of 5g stuff they're like the number one leader Mm -hmm. in terms of 5g tech and right now the u.s is kind of getting into you know rolling out 5g throughout the country and it, we would have probably had to buy or the telecoms had to buy a lot of uh, huawei gear uh to get that implemented within the country so mm-hmm. we put a stop to it because there's some concerns over some hidden functionality that these uh devices might have on them that allows them to perhaps spy on the traffic going through them i love um, it don't when yeah i love it when international
1: political theater and technology collide those are my (laughs) two favorite things because i don't know about you guys but this to me feels like a feels like a heavy dose of xenophobia with a light dose of genuine fear of chinese tech leaking into american companies and and having another country uh hit the ground running with a 5g tech before a u.s company has a chance to well you know
3: that's one way to look at it, but another way is to see, you know, the, the U.S. tech going to them because you know they were charged with uh, theft of trade secrets, wire fraud, and obstruction mm-hmm. of justice uh, after being found guilty of stealing trade secrets from T-Mobile. Mm-hmm. So you know, it's not just a fear of uh, tech; it's in, in it's an addition to like the the fear of. Um, Chinese government listening in and spying on other countries who are using their devices, but also that they're stealing intellectual property. Just like a history of
1: of shady business deals. Yeah. And like stealing tech, yeah. I can that's that's a counter argument that I honestly I'm shocked I haven't heard until today. Like it it's it's usually like you get the usual dose of people who who are saying that this is just a conspiracy to restrict Uh, china's power in the 5g market and then you get people on the other side who say that huawei has ties with the chinese military this is a direct fear that we should have this is a potential problem but like not many people kind of approach it from like yeah look at huawei's history or look at china's history of of approaching technology when it comes to um
2: working around and stealing from u.s firms so, and, and and Huawei had this huge plan to launch in the US and the last minute was stopped because they uh, um, sort of pulled out or they had to pull out because uh, their partners, was it Verizon that they wanted to partner with, AT&T, one of the big telcos, um, pulled out at the last second from the recommendation from the, I forget which branch of the uh, US government, which office. Uh, recommended that they don't go ahead with that um partnership um so it's quite um interesting um Mm -hmm. yeah uh, development there and now they're fully well initially they were fully barred from ever using um or actually so because of this ban um Uh, Intel stopped refusing or stopped sending them chips. Um, uh, Reportedly, Huawei has been stockpiling um, uh, chips that are made by US companies in preparation for this type of ban. Uh, So they were stockpiling like Qualcomm because Qualcomm is an American company. Um, So Qualcomm couldn't sell their processors to Huawei to use in their phones, which is kind of ridiculous. So they'd be (laughs) stockpiling them um, in, in case that this would come through. Uh, some of the news that leaked or, or came out um, when all of this unfolded, um, but now it looks like they're back, sort of on a they back maybe they they're sort of not as as much um, it it'll allow license sale looks like, but they'll still yeah. remain on a on a blacklist, whatever that. Um, <laughs> what well, that means? They're still just uh, allow them to sell. <laughs> there certain things, I guess, but not um, every, that's, whatever they want. I think that's because they realize like just
1: how dependent some U.S. companies are on like right. Huawei modems and broadband technology.
2: Yeah, like there's they not are, many people making five G tech in particular. Uh, Even just regular modems. Yeah, like Huawei is like the supplier
1: of modems and like. Even companies that we're familiar with use Huawei modems for, for like allowing data connections and stuff like that, and interfacing with cellular networks and stuff like that. Just it's something like they're so prolific through that industry that, like I guess shortly after this like knee jerk reaction from a the government, they realize like oh yeah like this is gonna hit the bottom line of a ton of companies. Yeah.
2: Um, as there I haven't seen any update on like has there any has there been any proof provided of what they're accused of or so, potentially doing of like putting backdoors on all this hardware and so, letting yeah. um, Germany actually had its top like security
1: advisors and like their like um, basically their cybersecurity teams for their government do a deep dive into Huawei tech basically like just examining. All of the callbacks that their devices are making, all of the the tech that they're um, that they're going through at the at the moment, and they didn't find anything. So, as of right now, and I, I think also U.S. firms weren't able to find anything either. Um, but like they just straight up don't have proof of this at the moment in time. So, like, up until up until now, I don't think there's been any, like, empirical evidence of any kind of, uh, like, if you want to call it phoning home or attempts to send data back to China in any way outside of what those products are saying outright that they already do. So, I don't think... I think it's kind of baseless and kind of why I was leaning towards that conspiracy thing. Like, it just seems like an overstep, but at the same time... What Jeff was saying, I, I agree that the the country itself does have a history of stealing technology and breaching contracts and breaking the law across the board when it comes to uh, taking U.S. tech. Um, but to answer your question, the short answer is no. I don't think I, I don't think there has been any proof of them in being of doing what they've been accused of. Yeah, putting back doors.
2: Is, yeah, like, I and if all they, these security researchers have now all these eyes on them, I don't know. Like, is it hardware exploit or, or hardware, little particular chip that was put on there? Or is it just the software within the firmware that's little backdoor put in there? I th- I would think someone would have found it by now if it was actually on there.
1: Yeah. Oh, right? Absolutely. You would yeah. think. Yeah. People strip. Because there's so tech- many eyes
2: on it at the moment.
1: Yeah. People have been able to, like, find flaws in many things considered, like, unhackable or, like, closed and... I feel like if something is legitimately a problem, I feel like we will hear about it.
2: Yeah. In somewhat, well, it is related news. Actually, as of today, Huawei launched a brand new laptop. They also make laptops, which are actually pretty, gay, pretty good. And, and pretty gay. Pretty gay. A. Pretty uh, great gay. <laughs> and uh, they are pretty much a ripoff of MacBooks. It's pretty oh, weird, yeah. It's it's exactly it's, it's aluminum, everything, and all the design. It looks exactly. They launched a brand new laptop today. A, there's a rumor that Apple's supposed to release a 16-inch MacBook Pro. Huawei today released a 16-inch Magic Book Pro. So MacBook, <laughs> they call me, it the, the Magic Book. Yes.
1: Oh, <laughs> I was gonna say because their other other name wasn't Hell that much alley. further. Their no. other name Their other name was closer to MacBook. You had MacBook, and then you had MateBook.
2: MateBook, oh, <laughs> Jesus. This, this <laughs> one's the MagicBook Pro. Magic Mate. 16-inch. Uh, it looks pretty good, actually. It, I mean, it, it's a blatant ripoff on a MacBook Pro, but... Um, MagicBook. Yeah, I'm Googling. They, oh. they, they have the same uh, space gray aluminum thing, yeah. What? Yeah. This is weird, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, that that was actually yeah, as of uh, today that was announced that um, particular thing. So they're they're fine on on selling their laptops and uh, I'm assuming some other gear. Uh, I'm I'm curious to see what happens in the future with Huawei. It's even Uh-oh.
1: got the logo like center. Of course, yeah. On the bottom of the display. Oh, okay. So it does have an Ethernet port and HDMI port and All oh, right, an USB yeah, that, port. That,
2: it's that. They're they're better than microphone. Ladies and gentlemen, yeah, I found the difference. It's weird they have stuff that computers have. It's so crazy. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. <laughs>
1: the camera they they have the camera comes out of the F It's like between the F6 and the F7 yeah. key. Yeah. So
2: the, their books did the same thing because their bezels are so small they can't put a camera up there. It's got
1: a pop-up
2: hood or a pop-up like
1: camera, kind of like the cars in the 80s had those pop-up headlights. Like that's exactly oh, what it is.
3: Yeah. It's like where the fu- where the function keys would be. Yeah. There are.
2: It's like right in the middle.
3: Yeah, that's kind of let, nifty.
2: Let, let's hope the one thing they didn't copy is the butterfly keyboard mechanism. Yikes! Um, we can talk speak, about that. That's speak, not our... Speaking of which, <laughs> yeah, Johnny Ive left Apple. Yeah. Oh, that kind of was a
1: transition. I wasn't sure if it you were going to segue there.
2: <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. I'm yeah, tying flew away like a butterfly. I'm, 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 I'm putting all the threads together. Yes. So, uh, Apple or Apple? Uh, actually, yeah, Apple announced that uh, Johnny <laughs> was officially leaving yeah. uh, the company, um, and some are speculating it's um, over the some of the controversial design aspects of the new MacBook Pros with their butterfly keys, limited ports, uh, because I think Apple's one of the biggest companies that are. I say, you can just leave it there. They're one of the design, biggest companies. The biggest companies, period. <laughs> also, that are led by design yeah. or function. Yeah. And the head of that team was Johnny Ive. Maybe Is, he just wanted to cash out and he's like, I'm going on retiring for the rest of my life. Or he's going to go make say, a bunch of aluminium couches.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, no armrests. So yeah, he he was quite um, (laughs) crucial to uh, the most iconic like product launches of Apple. Oh yeah. Right. So in terms of the design and and um the the of the products, the iMac, the iPod, um, pretty much like when you
1: think of iPhone, right? When you think of Jobs, like Steve Jobs, and when you think of Apple, the only other names that come to mind. In terms of Apple's legacy, is Waz yeah. and Ive, yeah. I would argue that those three men are like the in are what are a part of what made Apple successful and what made Apple what it is today. Like Jobs and Woz in the very beginning, you had um, with the Apple computers and getting the, the getting the foundation of this company off the ground, and then you have Jobs and Johnny Ive designing Basically from what was it the iMac onwards in terms of like product design and industrial yeah, design
0: max yeah. the, um, the Phone the watch the original iPods the uh, the stores He had a big part in putting together the, the look and feel of the of the Apple stores. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm sure there's other stuff. I'm missing
2: you remember yeah. those iconic the original iMac with the colorful plastic yep. casing? Yeah.
0: Oh yeah, I had them in grade school.
2: Yeah, yeah, same. So iconic. Also, the iMac with the neck, long neck that would extend out from the <laughs> yeah. half, half ball, half ball. Yeah. Oh my god! And you could lift it with a finger, and it would just—it was perfectly balanced. And you can move it around. Perfectly uh, balanced.
1: <laughs> Perfect. Thanos's computer. Let me tell
2: you how excited. <laughs> I
0: was in grade school when we got them instead of the giant gray bricks that were right before them.
2: Yeah.
3: Like before that. That's how their marketing worked.
2: Yeah, that's a a great point because before that, it was just a beige box and a giant CRT next to it. And yeah. that was most of people's computers. And I have they fun memories
1: of like when you get your hand close to those CRT monitors, like your hair would stand up from the <laughs> amount of like, oh yeah, just like the frequency of the, the, the display, DMF or whatever. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, just like the ambient radiation of it or whatever. Yeah, man, those were great. And then like you no, turn sh- off the TV and you hear the sound as the TV turns off. <laughs> whatever. No, but um, I don't,
3: I don't, I don't mean to be a party pooper here, but do you think that He's left to join another company. Do you think maybe he has a company that's interested in him that resides in China? There's an article uh, here from Nine to Five hey, Apple from yeah.
4: eight hours ago. It says that he left to start his own design firm called Love from Johnny and <laughs>
3: <It's
4: a independent laughs> design firm. That's, yeah,
3: I'm just saying. I'm just saying that mag- that that magic book looks an awful lot like a MacBook. <laughs> weird, weird yes. timing.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, I so think. He- Oh, go ahead no god i was say I, I think that um we're still gonna see a lot of johnny ives touch yeah on on apple products um because like like ryan said he's doing <laughs> he's doing love from and it's more of just like a, a firm i feel like um and the way that i'm looking at it is that the I, I choose to believe that Johnny, I've just kind of reached the theoretical cap of working at Apple. Like, you can't go any higher in the company. So, he's stepping aside to work on his own ventures with his own company, as well as having Apple as probably a primary client Yeah, for, for his yeah. work. I'm pretty sure that Apple is going to be in his like gold list of products of like the clients that he takes care of first and his foremost key his key accounts yeah <laughs> key account. it's That's gonna be it. something that he that that he takes care of but it'll it'll allow him as a designer um, prior to his retirement expand into anything he might want yeah um,
2: sure uh, so, he also one thing that i forgot he also designed the apple spaceship camp- yeah. campus which is kind of crazy yeah, he designed uh, that building. Yeah, the Any entire the, the interior architects, interior and the exterior. Um, That's crazy. Yeah, he worked on that design, and and you can tell like it's it's all Johnny Ive. Um, I'm looking at his net worth currently of five hundred million dollars. Yeah, I thought it'd be more. He's doing it. He's doing it. He's doing <laughs> okay. it right. But I thought it'd be more after all those years at Apple. 500 um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and he also overtook. Uh, he uh, designed iOS
3: seven. Oh. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. I was reading that too. <laughs> Which was a, a, so, a pretty big, uh, pretty big change. Yeah. That remember. was when they
1: went okay. from. Uh, wasn't that when they moved away from like the really weird Web two like three D looking
2: buttons? The skew morphism. Yeah. The skew morphic
1: yeah. buttons. Yeah. yeah.
2: The ones where like the music.
1: like the music app looked like a pair of like photorealistic headphones and like <laughs> Safari was like even more like and now it's like flat kind of yeah. matte colored icons. Yeah, that and I, I'm I'm a big fan of that design redo, yep. especially because a lot of other phone companies followed suit and Android got a lot cleaner as a result.
2: Yeah. Just to close it out, I think he was a uh, uh, an iconic still still is an iconic designer uh, within the tech tech industry, and uh, his uh, work will be used as inspiration. I think for uh, a lot more years to come. I think yes. Um, talk about how much you know Apple you know spends on their design, but they have designed some iconic stuff in the past and. Um, some pretty cool looking tech. Yeah, man. Now I'm a fan. Uh, um, the yeah, other,
0: he will definitely be super interesting to monitor moving forward. If he remains yeah. just his firm, or if he jumps to another company, will be uh, could be a game changer moving forward for sure.
2: All right. Yeah, yeah. What if Google picked him up for their next pixel design, Matt? What? <laughs> Oh, man, you're not giving yeah. me any time sorry, for these sorry.
1: segues. I'm just fired off. Uh, God damn it, man! <laughs> fired a mile a minute. Dude, I love it though. Now keep going. It's good. I need, I need somebody else to bring segues in this new, this new half of our podcast.
2: I mean, I've been, I've been pumped up since February 27th of all these segues that I have inside of me. I just want to let <laughs> it all out. That's fine. And yeah, I haven't
3: has got, <laughs> Irvin's got more segues than Paul Blart Mall Cop. Hey! Hey. Uh,
2: So yeah, I I brought up Pixel because I missed you
3: guys. (laughs) (laughs) Good to be back. Um, Uh, Go ahead. Talk talk about your Pixels. Tell me about that.
2: Well, you're our resident Pixel guy now, right? You've moved. uh, You, you, you are now fully Pixel, and you moved over your significant other as well. Uh, You're uh, you're converting everyone. Um, Yes. So I think or, you should you should oh, talk oh, about wait. New Pixel.
3: Here we go. Look at look at my water
2: oh bottle my here. Oh my God! Wow. Oh, what? Sponsored by Google Team Pixel. Wow. I thought that Team was Pixel.
3: Yep.
1: When you pulled it up initially, the Google logo was filtered because it was like blurred out because of the Skype <laughs> Boca. And I was like, Wow, we're even filtering out product advertising on our. <laughs> podcast.
3: There's some pretty cool tech they got my, going on here. Microsoft is looking out for this <laughs> stuff. I know, right? <laughs>
2: They're <don't want>
3: <laughs> stepping up for.
2: game.
3: Steve Ballmer's like, got
1: you, fam. Unless it's a Windows phone. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. <laughs>
2: so yeah, Jeff, you want to yes. talk about the Pixels that were released? Yes. While this, we were is,
3: this, this is dated back to May 7th. Uh, so Google announced uh, the Pixel 3a as well as the Pixel 3a XL, which is like, um, I guess, a more fiscally responsible Pixel, like a budget-friendly That's one. Right, yeah. um, yeah, join the family. So yeah, you know it's got um, signature pixel camera. It has the pixel camera, their Snapdragon 670 processor, um, max storage of 64 gigabytes, which is less than you'll see in other Pixel models. Um, no wireless charging, but it's got um, you know it's it's bringing back the headphone jack. So it's kind of uh, mm. got a little niche market there. Um, <laughs> What's that? What a bleh-
2: So you what you're saying is you pay <laughs> more for a phone and you lose a headphone jack. So if you want to get a headphone jack, <laughs> you want to feature your back, you have to pay less for a phone? What? Yes.
3: It's, it's like, um, you know, it's not the less is more approach. It's like the more, <laughs> more jacks, the better. So what yeah, it's got... Uh, yeah, that's how it's starting to feel, right? I mean, look at what's <laughs> on my head right now, Bluetooth headphones. But yeah, um, yeah so the um, Pixel... 3a and 3a xl respectively they got their you know full hd oled displays um just you can read through the specs yourselves um but it's it's a pretty snazzy phone for the price it came out well and really
2: and the, not no yeah
1: they're, they're really yeah they're really not cutting that many
2: corners for 400 hundred yeah. dollar phone and the main quarter that they're not cutting is the camera which is key and what most people most non-techies care about is can it take good pictures yeah right if you're looking can in, in any yeah. condition I don't have to worry about it I pull up my phone my kid is running around my dog is running around I want to quickly snap a photo and 99% of the time it's going to look good this has that feature in it Google yeah. the pixel line has is known for their camera quality and they from the reviews since they have, have come out and now it's fully released it's it, it most of the it mostly brings all along all the features from the more expensive pixel line um and now it's also available in any uh, of the u.s carriers which just used previously it was locked down to verizon now you can get it in t-mobile and sprint you, you just walk into a store pick it up with a contract. or um Right through the carrier, which, is, which yes. is huge within the U.S., especially for selling a phone. Um, so it, I think overall it's a great move. I it's plastic; it's not made of glass. It's sort of some downsides, but overall, I think like, it's a still great yeah. phone for most people, in my opinion. Yeah, it's even got four gigs of RAM and
1: fast wireless charging as well.
2: No wireless uh, charging.
1: No. no, it has er, a fast. no. Oh. no. No. no wireless charging or water resistance Are yeah. you sure? Yes.
0: Yeah, positive positive. The but the the article at least says the emission of wireless charging and certified water resistance.
3: It's got it's got a headphone jack but no wireless charging, so that's your trade-off. Maybe I'm reading this article Yeah, I'll wrong. take that.
1: Cuz it says the larger 3A has the full HD OLED while the smaller 3A measures at 5.6 Stereo speakers and Bluetooth 5.0 feature on the 3A spec sheet, along with 4 gigs
2: of RAM and fast wireless charging. Wired. Wired. Oh, wired. you're misreading, adding words. It
1: still has 4
3: gigs
0: huh. of RAM. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, but to go off what you were saying, Yeah, the 3A has got a 5.6-inch OLED, uh, the 3XL has a 6-inch uh, OLED. Some other uh, specs, like we were talking about, is a 12.2-megapixel camera. For the rear-facing and eight-megapixel uh, front-facing, yeah, uh, 4K video capture, yeah, pretty sweet. Yeah, um, that's
0: perfect for somebody like me, man. I don't care about it being glass. I don't care about the wireless charging. I like my my headsets being able to be. I don't care about Bluetooth necessarily. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like to be It's perfect for someone who's a little bit more casual like me, who, like you said, wants the camera, wants to take pictures in the moment and have them be the best possible quality and doesn't really care about all the other. Yeah, you don't uh, want
2: the fastest processor. You're not multitasking like crazy or in and out of apps. You're like just pretty basic. I yeah. just want a phone that runs a couple apps that I care about and takes good pictures.
4: This'll and do
3: and, and the, the 3A has a 3,000 milliamp hour battery. And with the 3A XL, it's a 3,700 milliamp hour battery. The Pixel 3 has a 2,915 milliamp hour battery. So that's an improvement in both yeah. regards. Yeah. Kyle, it so, sounded like uh, better, Yeah. It sounded like
1: Pixel could be a potential <laughs> upgrade path for you, Kyle. Listen, well, t- listen
3: I mean, man. It's, it's where I was oh, leaning
0: for the next one. It was. I, yeah. I, uh, my my phone is getting to the point where I have to charge it uh, at least twice a day to make it through the day. So, uh, I think it's time to finally move on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've had
2: it for like four years now. Yeah. yeah. Thompson, then you I'll pay teach s- you the ins and outs. Similar yeah. price, Tom. You, you paid similar prices to the. You have the um. What's it called? Central the- phone. The Essential phone, right? Yeah, Wasn't it, it similar when you picked up yours? I paid
4: 250 for mine. $250. It was
2: yeah, a little, yeah, he got that or, uh, He got that juicy Express. Amazon deal. Yeah, yeah, I got
4: the little uh, 3D camera and stuff with it. Uh, I got that Essential It's more
2: expensive.
4: Control, but. Yeah, man. I, I, I have a real camera. I don't need the camera on a phone. I, was yeah, just like, I need no. a phone for a phone. We're,
2: we're, <laughs> we're not the market that these guys are looking at. Yeah. Thompson,
1: can, Thompson can invest his uh, phone money into the finer things like industrial design. And, and build quality, uh, can Canon glass. <laughs> I would st- yeah. And can and glass. I, would, I was going to say, I would argue that the essential phone still has like one of the best industrial designs out of any of the smartphones I've seen in the past couple of years, just because of like the sheer build quality of it. But as we all know, the company did not age very well. But that being said,
4: I, I can say almost two years in, the phone's got a great build, except for the camera. The camera's shown a little wear itself. Yeah. I, just from dropping the phone overall, I think I'm not sure if there's like a loose wire in there, but the focus has a problem.
1: <laughs> yeah, but that's but not every, a problem Everything else
4: is, yeah, I'm, I'm not concerned about it. But yeah. two years in, man, it's, it's a solid little phone. Yeah.
2: So where does this leave the Pixel, regular Pixel 3? What, like, who is that phone for? If this is for the everyday I mean, if you want the top of the line, pure Pixel, pure Google experience, Android, I guess you go with that phone.
3: But well, I, I don't think, know. Like, I think I think it's I think it's for Pixel users who want to wirelessly charge. I think that's about it. Yeah, people, people who are you're more are gonna
2: pay almost double the price just for wireless charging. Is it and, worth
4: it? And its its battery's not as as so long. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. So I think that
1: the difference is going to become far more clear this coming October. With
2: the Pixel, 4. Uh, in
1: Pixel In the Pixel 4 launch. I think that it's going to be Google's ironing out of their true uh, Pixel family, like the lineup of their phones. I, I want to wait and see what they do. If they continue that trend, I completely agree with you, Irvin. If they, if they continue this trend of um, releasing a phone that has 85% of the features of the Pixel with half the price... Then I think it kind of shows just how misguided Google's marketing team is, and where their where their niche really should be, which is in budget phones. But budget
4: if phones, they can, yeah.
1: yeah. But if they can truly produce something like amazing in terms of um, what Android truly is, or what Google's mm. vision for Android truly is, and I think you might see a difference there. Like I could see possibly um, the Pixel Four having a dual camera or even a tri camera system. Yeah. That outpaces every other phone by leaps and bounds, and then maybe you see the Pixel 3, the Pixel 4A, or 3A stick to this single camera, mm-hmm. uh, fueled exclusively by AI, uh, industrial if, design. Uh,
4: if if I was if, on Google's marketing like, team, sorry, go ahead. No, okay. hey, you, it's all you. If I was on Google's marketing team, like I like the approach they're taking, where they throw out the the, the flagship Pixel, and they they overcharge it because Apple's they're ridiculously inflated on their phone prices. So Google has all that, all that space to move around in the market. they like, all right, we'll throw it out to the, the Google fanboys first. We'll test them with the highest specs we can. And then, you know, they'll rave about it. We'll get, we'll collect data from them. We'll see what we essentially need. What, what feeds the most um, in our consumer audience. And then we'll throw out our mass phone, like our, our uh, fleet car phone, if you will. Mm-hmm. And it makes sense. It's like, yeah. it, it makes sense to me. I mean, it kind of burns Apple in a way. Cause they're just, hiking their prices up too much yeah that's and they don't have
3: something. a
2: budget option right if you want an yeah. Apple, they don't have a budget option, option. it yeah.
4: doesn't exist well, well, they've tried it in the past they talk. Be, uh what was the, the iphone they did that the was, 5c 5c, I 5C that. that's C, what it was yeah. i had that one mm-hmm.
3: well, we talked i think we talked last year about them toying around with the idea of coming out with another budget phone Mm-hmm. So it just hasn't. It just hasn't happened. The only I thing know, that we saw that, was their attempt the, at budget, which is right. the 10R. Yeah. yeah, the
1: 10R exactly. The budget, <laughs> right, the right. Budget. The their budget. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and if I budget, you mean seven hundred and fifty dollars. Right. Which is like <laughs> insane. It's. It's like yeah. actually insane. So but, uh,
2: yeah. I, I like your suggestion of the Pixel 4 sort of bit, widening that gap and really differentiating between, you know, having that budget, which is, I think, very key, having a great budget phone available yeah. to consumers. Um, and also,
1: honestly, I can't tell just the difference throwing between all, a
2: 3A and a 3. Exactly. They're very similar looking. Yeah. And then perhaps with the Pixel 4, just throwing all the features in there uh, yeah. that they possibly could within that, you know, $1,000 price range. Yeah.
1: It'll look more like a 10s 10r scenario and less like a 3 and 3a. I think.
2: Yeah.
3: Well yeah, and yeah. I mean there's been rumors about them having a gesture recognition too. I don't know if you guys have heard about this like oval part uh yeah. it's like an opening mm-hmm. in their frame. Yeah. Yeah, so that they're they're guessing that there's going to have like a I forget what the actual term was for, it, but basically that you'd probably be able to interface with your phone using gestures as opposed to actually touching the screen, which is We saw that briefly. Another way yeah. That's like that's just another way to kind of open up that gap between mm-hmm. the budget phone and the the fancy phone. So,
1: yeah, LG experimented with that also with their with their smartphone lines where you could like have your phone on the desk and like wave your hand over it to like swipe pages and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah. I want to, I would love to see how Google would implement that. I think that.
4: It not work out
2: so
1: with well the, for LG. With the, no, what's LG, Urban? You know my opinions on LG. <laughs> <I think> it, <laughs>
2: We're
1: not I think talking it, about
3: LG. <laughs> I think it would be cool. It depends. I mean, I'm really curious to see how they would handle, um, like, privacy and security in regards to gesture control. Because for me, a lot of. Ways I'd want to use gestures would be if I wasn't close to my phone or maybe didn't want to pick up my phone and unlock it So mm-hmm. it, it would be interesting to see if maybe they did like a facial recognition in conjunction with gesture recognition mm-hmm. So that yeah, if that was I'm my working with my if I had my phone on like a, a You know display like a display or mount or whatever while I'm working or something and I could just wave at it to skip a song or something like that or You know mm-hmm. Answer a call that'd be cool
0: Yeah. Yeah. When you first said uh, mentioned the privacy portion, that was my first thought. Is they'll probably do some sort of uh, you know retina or or uh, or facial recognition along with it, just to ensure that it's you and someone's not just walking by waving at it, skipping all your
3: stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Throwing all your web pages away. To hammer in on the you know the initial point is that would you know widen that gap between the budget phone and the expensive phone features like that. Sure. They got to be careful. Nice to have versus must. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: They gotta be careful with that facial recognition tech because it might get banned in San Francisco if no. they continue. will hey! oh,
3: that back. Yes, Ervin. Did you feel that? Did Did you feel that weight come off your shoulders, Ervin? I that did. I did. I handed over to the baton over to Matt. I got to thank Jeff. For he really threw the ball in the air. <laughs> yeah, and yeah it. I kind of I lobbed it up. Beers of <laughs> Tech, where we get very excited audibly about our segues.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we got to have, like, an intro video where, like, one of us at least is on a segue. Like, walk, <laughs> going like going towards the cat, like, slow pan on a segue. We got to do that. We should,
3: do, cool. we should have Thompson film a video where, like, I lob a ball up as I say that, and then you just like hit
1: it with a bat and the bat just has like segue written on it just like i got you guys anyway we got
3: this let's actually do the segue
1: yeah yeah but um so yeah san francisco lawmaker just introduced legislation a while ago um this was in january um that would make the city the first nation to ban the government use of facial recognition technology Mm -hmm. um we, I think we might have. We, we may have
2: talked this. And yeah. I might have missed the date on that. January, That's totally I know, right? <laughs> totally we had fine. a straw back then.
1: That's totally fine, but the segue was still worth it. Um, yeah,
2: it was so, still worth it.
1: But yeah, it's I, I, I do think that it's, it's very forward of San Francisco, but I do think it's kind of inevitable that you're going to see this kind of data collection from facial recognition technology. But um, I do like this step because it's kind of showing a precaution for this upcoming technology mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. be wary of the perils of facial recognition because yeah you can have all this great tech but at the same time you can also very easily slip into a surveillance state
2: yeah. uh, so, I do have yeah. a follow up on the
3: uh... <laughs> You <Yeah>. excited Jeff <laughs> I, I want to throw on my conspiracy theory hat oh, really quick go ahead. um do you think there's do you think it's a coincidence that they're banning the government from using facial recognition in San Francisco in San Francisco, a.k.a. like Silicon Valley, where the government can now pay private companies for their facial recognition data? Probably.
2: Seems like a big old hmm. Yeah. I do have a, a, a more relevant news to related to that. Now, Oakland jumped on board as well, um, introducing their a uh, bill uh, within Oakland, which is Oakland is right next to San Francisco right across the bridge um so they're right near each other um which sort of makes sense why they would also introduce sort of this bill because there's a lot a lot of that sort of ties into your conspiracy a lot of uh, residents who work in the tech industry are now moving over to oakland because the housing within san francisco just costs so much <laughs> so <they're>, uh, choosing <laughs> to live on the bridge so there's more and more techies over there as well so yes yeah. so Sort of ties into that conspiracy a little bit, um, and also like camera technology is getting better, like everything's
1: improving, and there's it's very hard not to go through your day without ending up being on video, right? Like, and I yeah. was like, for example, I don't know if you guys have been a part of that Face app uh, like nope, like
2: buzz that's
1: been going on. I refuse
2: to download it on my phone.
1: I have had <laughs> photos. <laughs> I have had photos sent to me of people running my face through the app.
3: So you like, no choice. I,
1: yeah. So not only do I have no choice, but it's just like, it happens. Like people are like, Oh my God, you look hilarious on this. And, and like, it's, it's fascinating, but like facial technology and like, whether it's just a, what doing it for a meme or like seeing what you look like as an old person or using it in a surveillance state to track criminal activity across several, across like either city borders or jurisdictions, um
4: like the Chinese it's, have done it's, notably. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's like I would I would argue it's not a matter of if it's a matter of how many times has it already happened.
2: Right. Because
1: yeah. I would say that technology is inevitable.
2: Right, and the issue is like I'm fine with it being used for like criminal tracking, criminal activity, or tracking that particular, unless the particular suspect, <laughs> unless you're the criminal. <laughs> but there's always a chance that it could be misused. Let's say there's a cop and he has access to this technology, and he just broke up with his ex, and he wants to check up where she is and what 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 uh, what she's up to, where she's yeah. been. Yeah. Like, how do you draw that line? Right. Exactly. Like, how do you protect?
4: Yeah, that's a hell of a movie oh. pitch, Evan.
3: <laughs> but and, and you know that it's going to be
0: abused. I mean, every time that we have this advanced technology and and somebody who's just in the wrong mood or just crazy enough to, to abuse it does. I mean, it's it might not be a widespread thing. It might not be abused by the government. But like Irvin said, you're going to get yeah. a situation where a cop or a CEO of a company that owns like it's is going to be scorned by an ex lover and stalk them for two years via facial recognition like it's you're gonna see this craziness and they're gonna make it into a lifetime movie and somehow make it seem okay
1: (laughs) and like no offense to like any of the government buddies that we might have but the government doesn't exactly have the greatest track record with this kind of technology like if they're storing this kind of encrypted facial technology data like i don't know
3: facebook's already doing that don't worry about it
1: all they gotta do is just buy the data
3: from facebook Hi right, Jeff, go. Before you, get in, before you get into track records or who's who's, it um, should be noted that the ban's prohibiting city agencies from using the technology. And that, um, yeah. according to a New York Times article I'm reading, um, uh, facial recognition used in San Francisco International Airport is under federal jurisdiction is not impacted by the legislation. Um, oh. Examples of, of where it would be impacted would be like, the city trying to use it at homeless shelters to track the use of shelters based on individuals which they no longer want to do um apparently biometric finger scans and photos uh track shelter usage in that way or have been done that way um so then also, local governments,
1: which i would argue are yes. even less trustworthy with that kind of technology <laughs> uh
3: so well, i don't know if facial you know, facial re- Facial recognition technology, or information gleaned from external systems that use the technology, is banned from city agencies using it. Um, and it also is requiring, it's, it's a drive to, for local agencies to create policies controlling the use of those tools, so putting regulations in place so that it's used more appropriately. And apparently there are exemptions in place that give prosecutors a way out if transparency requirements might interfere with their investigations. Uh, Although Police Officers Association is still saying that the ban is going to hinder their efforts to investigate crime in some way or Mm form. All right, I'm done. Go ahead. So that's
2: one of the things that is a more recent uh, story related to facial recognition. I don't know if you guys see this, but um certain airlines uh delta i think and JetBlue blue are starting to use facial recognition technology to scan your face at the gate instead of your boarding pass to admit you on the plane um yeah. and this is actively being used at certain terminals uh within the u.s um i find it a little bit crazy um that the airlines are using this although they're saying there's some news article that came out that they don't have direct access to this face data. It's directly d- tied to the, uh, the um, uh, is it ICE? Is it ICE database or no? That's, that's uh, uh, Zuckerberg's uh, database, yeah. Zuckerberg's <laughs> database, right? Wasn't it DHS or
3: something DHS,
2: like that? yes, DHS. It's the DHS database that they're using in the background so the airlines don't actually have access to your... Um, the face data but it's still very creepy that they're sort of transitioning i don't know what what benefit that brings rather than scanning that code when you're walking on the plane versus your face like what are they are they getting like people who are faking their identities to get these flights i guess maybe that's why
3: very very small use case if practical at all i think really the the trade off that they're going for here is people are, are going to be lazy and not want to hold out their phone with their boarding pass or print out a boarding pass. They're going to say, okay, they can just scan my face. Cool. Like, yep. far, you know, it yep. does. And it's you it's
2: easy to Apparently you can opt out, but some people who have chosen to opt out, they make you jump through all these hoops. So it just seems easier just to go through the gate with your face and whatever, and just deal with it, which is what sucks. But I, I hope this, this become, doesn't become the standard. I really the major, As a person who flies a lot, and I'm Jeff, you, you can... Yeah.
3: <laughs> At the same time, I, I don't know if I care, honestly. I mean, I do for other people, but for myself, right. I don't. Yeah. Yeah.
4: What are the major I, connecting my, airports for those two airlines? Because I wonder why those two in particular.
3: Uh, what, what
2: were the two airlines? Delta and, and jetBlue is the one I've heard of that are actively being uh, using uh, this at the moment
4: so, so internationally so what is their presence is, well, it's, it's
2: just, just this is just
4: inter, um, I'm, I'm thinking for people who want to like escape they want to cross borders without having an issue right
2: yeah so right Jet, now this is JetBlue. only for
4: domestic flights
3: so not international but JetBlue if I'm not mistaken is based out of Boston I think yep. yeah Boston and uh delta is based out of Atlanta Georgia I know.
2: Yeah, so they're currently, yeah, they're just uh, using it at, at, in Atlanta, and it looks like... Uh, uh, I would
3: guess Austin, Logan, but...
2: Dallas? DTW is Dallas, right? No. DFW. DTW. If, you're trying
1: to, if you're trying to go places without getting noticed, you've got to use an unmarked <laughs> white van.
4: Uh, yeah, DTW is Detroit. Cut my hair, maybe. <laughs> Detroit,
1: yeah. Week's worth of protein bars and a lot of water.
3: <laughs> yeah, right. But, but I think it comes down yes. to, I, I mean, go ahead, Jeff. Nope. I was going right. to segue, so go ahead.
1: Uh,
0: I think, regardless of, of what the the next, I think it has to be regulated, right? Whether we're using it, I think it's going to be used on some level eventually, That the, the better the technology gets. I think you have to worry about um, things like, obviously, I mean, as we currently stand, most places don't have cameras and bathrooms, right? So even if you're in an airport, you probably shouldn't have facial recognition software running in, in places like restrooms. You probably shouldn't have it in places like hospitals where it's very important to, to keep your health and and things private. Um, I think things like, um, you're gonna have to iron out a lot of issues that we've seen with facial, uh, excuse me, um, facial recognition software. I That was a, a mistake that kind of leads right into it. We've talked, previously about how when cities have tried to use or places have tried to use facial recognition before how one of the biggest issues is uh african americans and it it constantly gets it wrong i mean it's not the worst success rate of all time but i mean let's let's not beat around the bush we already have an issue with police and african americans in the country and to have facial recognition software fail when trying to read an African American's face is an issue, um, you should probably. How do you differentiate between a, a child in this case? You know, we, We're so protective of, of children and what's available to them and oh, what, yeah, it's what not part perfect. of their information is out there. How yeah. are you going to determine who's an 18 year old? Because you're going to have to use it on everybody and then we'll just delete it if we find out that that person's under 18. No, that stuff's going to be there and we know it's going to be there. So there's so many things that you have to think about before we yeah. just start throwing these things out there. We have to get the regulations. This is another. case of where we need to have regulations in place up front instead of reacting after the fact
1: you know that gdpr thing is pretty good gotta give me some of that gdpr
3: Kyle, those are awesome points man um yeah 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 it's it's interesting like what what is the validity of the data you're using here like it's
1: especially when you're collecting it in mass like that
3: and to what, de- to what degree could it be tampered with, too? Mm-hmm. And
1: how are you storing it? Yeah, like, there's all these questions that come up around around I this mean, kind
3: of technology. You could say the same thing when, you know, right now they're using just video cameras or, like, snapshot pictures. There's like, oh, that's your face. It was mm-hmm. you. Like, you know, I don't think they have something that says, like, they probably do have something that says, like, these cameras are accurate up to this much pixel, which is acceptable for, you know, placing identity. But yeah, I agree. Legislation up front. Um, you know, technology needs to be vetted before it's used uh, in commonplace. And I think and it does have a lot of benefits. And but
1: I would argue it's good that it comes up in California because that's probably where a lot of this tech is being built out, <laughs> especially in yes. the consumer space, let alone the government space. Um, yeah. California is a massive economy. So, anything that California does, you're either going to see smaller states follow suit or you're going to see the entire industry shift to meet that demand. So,
3: that's- there's insane regulations in California. Not necessarily like not logical insane, yeah. just like an insane amount of mm-hmm. reg- regulations in California, such as a label on your coffee that you buy that says that it could cause cancer. All
2: right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, everything in California causes cancer.
3: It's true. Yeah,
0: but, but <laughs> especially influence. That's because most things cause
3: cancer. Sounds like yeah. That's, yeah, it, you're not wrong. It's just I don't want to see it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would rather
2: be ignorant and then just not know.
1: I'm pretty sure I saw an article that said like sitting down can increase your chances of getting cancer.
3: Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, sure. Yeah, ask ask cancer. <laughs> <Did> you know? <laughs> hey, there it is. The one. There it is. The first one. <laughs> Start the clock. Yeah. Oh. Uh,
2: yeah. That's my favorite card gonna... in uh, uh, Cards Against Humanity. It's Kids with ass Cancer. <laughs> I, I have a dark <laughs> sense of humor. I <laughs> my I yeah my, dark
1: sense of humor.
4: <laughs>
1: my favorite. Uh, I think my favorite Cards Against Humanity card is Mr. Clean standing
2: right behind you. <laughs> that was Mr. Clean. Jeff Bezos launched Amazon. No! Right? Nice. Urban, did
1: your? He uh, you looks like Mr. Clean. That was it. Oh, oh that's where that is. Okay, I was what? gonna say. Uh, Segue.
2: fucking yeah. I say, did your back?
1: <laughs> did your back hurt from stretching that hard? <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: uh, um.
2: No, he totally looks like Mr. Clean, doesn't no, he? No, I see that now. Yeah, it just took the
1: explanation. <laughs> oh yeah,
3: after. we we
2: get it. He's bald. We, we get, get it. it. He's Bald and he's buff. Mr. Clean has some. He
1: was, was Jack like...
4: for a bit, right? Yeah. Oh, man. Um, totally but yeah, yeah, this
1: this was actually like coming, especially after the fact. Um, Prime, like the strikes were relatively quiet in terms of the news presence that they had. Um, yeah. Because people were more focused on the numbers that came from Prime Day, but but yeah, like. I've seen like articles. I, I saw a really good John Oliver piece on on warehouse employees, and I've seen like uh, we, we've even talked about it in the past of just like the like the completely like shit working conditions that these employees have, and like just what they go through in order to maintain their job, and let alone like perf- have a good performance and have room for potential career advancement like people talk about like their crappy days at work but then you have these guys who are over here like saying that they're withholding bathroom breaks so that way yeah. they don't fall back on their quota because they're being counted not by how many they're making but how many per hour they're making and they're like oh you'll and your what, w- you, you're walking like, what the miles.
0: I think we just talked about Mr. Clean and then went warehouse workers. <laughs> yeah, I don't, th- I yeah, don't think so- we said exactly what we were talking about here. Oh right, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead, Kyle. Uh, so, uh, in the lead up to the Prime Day uh, extravaganza, as this article so elegant, eloquently pull it, put wow, please <laughs> put it. Goodness, <laughs> third time. My, Speaking someone else, do this. No, it's um, uh, there were uh, threats of uh, the warehouse workers for different uh, Amazon. Um, warehouses uh, threatening to strike uh, when it came up to Prime Day, which was uh, which uh, what, a week ago, two weeks mm-hmm. ago now, July, fifteenth, yeah. yeah. um, and it was going. It, I mean, obviously, during these these crucial sales, this is a huge period for them. Um, it's it's kind of like the way to spark uh, during the lull of the summer months, which every every retail company seems to go through a lull uh, in the summer. Um, the that's a huge. It's a huge loss, and it, it makes sense. Like you said, we've talked about before, and John Oliver did a wonderful piece on the horrible conditions of some of these international warehouses that people are, um, that are are working in to help produce these products that people are ordering through Amazon. So to threaten this strike on one of the biggest days of the year for this company is um, is obviously alarming. And I the hope is that it bring that it brought attention uh, to to these poor conditions
3: yeah i don't i mean yeah that's the hope but i, I don't think it did I've, I've heard i've heard yeah i've heard about the poor conditions i've heard about those special i didn't hear about this strike at all not not until we started talking about it right now yeah, me neither.
1: yeah it was it was pretty quiet in terms of the news rotation and then i think that's just because Prime Day and all everyone's going to talk about the hot deals of Prime Day and like mm. all the the news circus that comes around the sales and like oh it's Prime Day look at and then like you have not only that but if you tune into like literally any like financial channel it's like oh my god Prime Day had more sales than Black Friday and Cyber Monday combined for the past year and blah 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 and like no one talks about the people that are being ground under the wheel underneath right. of the success that's the and, story that
2: everyone's talking about
1: yeah and and I, I encourage you guys to go back to that YouTube channel for um, for the John Oliver show and watch his piece on warehouse workers because he does a very good job covering just the amount of pain and suffering that these workers go through in order to keep up this level of of quality for shipping that Amazon forces upon them. Um, and there's like things like yeah, people. Withhold going to the bathroom, they'll pee in bottles or something like that. Or they, some people have even worked like 60, 70 hour work weeks just making their shipments and quotas happen. Um, they they work in factories that are not climate controlled in any way to support the the safety at, or like working conditions that what many people would take for granted. Um, a lot of them have very, a lot of factories are actually very hot just from all of the machines that are at work in there it's dangerous because people can get hit by these robots that are going between aisles um it's a
4: difficult manual labor job yeah and it's and not only that intense. Mm-hmm.
1: you're and not only that but like you have they everybody has this like phone it's like a kind of like if you've ever seen like a home depot kind of like how they have the the phone that everybody holds that can like scan uh, products right. or prices and stuff and it's got a gps of the warehouse built into it and it tells you where your next pickup is, where it has to go, and the estimated time that it thinks you'll be able to do it in. And if you miss that, then it counts your shipment as late, even if it's by like a few seconds. So like you could be – one person was saying that he walks upwards of 20 miles a day and he's in his mid-60s working in Amazon in a warehouse. Wow. And he was saying like you'll get an order on one side of the warehouse. You'll take it over to where it needs to go and then you'll get pinged for your next drop and it's on the it's clear on the other side of the warehouse and these warehouses are up to like fifteen, twenty thousand 20,000 square feet or like even longer um uh, some of them can be like almost a quarter mile long in length and it's just like it's like where does it stop
0: yeah it's kind of crazy, crazy. With, with all these reports out there how strong amazon came back to the reports of mm-hmm. the um, uh, of the strikes they the direct quote is, the fact is Amazon offers already what this org- outside organization is asking for. We provide great employment opportunities with excellent pay ranging from 16 25 to 20 80 an hour and comprehensive benefits including health care up to 20 weeks parental leave, paid education, promotional opportunities, and more. We encourage anyone to compare our pay, benefits, and workplace to other retailers and major employees in the was it at the, the Shakopee Community and across the country, and we invite anyone to see for themselves by taking a tour of the facility. And yet, we have people who we know he does a damn good job every time he he re- reports in depth on things like this. We have people like John Oliver showing us with true uh, journalistic integrity just how terrible it can be in some of these places.
3: Yeah. but what I, I hate to be negative, Nancy again, but what 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 did this strike do? I mean, nobody noticed it. People salivate at the prospect of another Amazon headquarters coming to their city. We all got excited about it. We talked about it for like six episodes, and tons of people were talking about it on the internet. They said they announced they're gonna do same their one-day delivery with Prime, and people salivate at it. And then right. there's you know these things published about poor working conditions, poor wages. There's a strike that nobody hears about, and how does it impact Amazon at all? Yeah. <laughs>
2: everybody's excited about,
3: you know, Oh my God, I can get it the same day. Not
2: even yeah. one day. Like I have, yeah. I have to me, I moved recently. I've now same day delivery available on certain things. Like I order in the morning, it's here like a couple hours later. That's well, ridiculous. Yeah. Well, and, and most people I, don't think about like what it actually takes to pull that off. Well, you know, I also kind of want to
4: touch to. on like recently, a lot of those, like as a prime member like a lot of those same day deliveries and two day deliveries haven't they've been delayed like in the recent weeks leading up to Prime Day and afterwards there's been like issues
3: <laughs> so I wonder if it's there's been an impact of this I or don't... if it's if it's related at all
4: yeah i don't yeah. know if, i guess maybe i'm the only one here but i know i've talked to other people who've experienced it too and
1: but, i was yeah it's it's like it's awful
4: but, I mean, like you said, like the, the newsworthiness is all about the numbers and not the strike yep. itself. It shows you the power yeah, of a company,
3: and, the sway and, they have in the media. In, and people care about what they get, not what's going on with other people. Generally speaking, I know yeah, that's no, not right. true in all cases, but, you know, it's what what are they going to do for me? Not how's it going in the warehouse. Right. Well, you're not wrong. I mean... I don't it, know. You, you, you don't think about effects. I mean, effects on like local businesses too and things like that. Like the death of the the shopping mall, not that I'm, you know, on the team necessarily of people that own shopping malls, but like Amazon's had a huge worldwide, like definitely national nationwide impact on a lot of Mm -hmm. business, a lot of people.
1: Yeah. No, it's insane.
3: I don't think think a lot of people think. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it's like, Actually, like the the amount of workers, like I was reading this article um, about the, another article about the strike a while ago, and it was saying, I actually pulled it up, and I can also add this to the show notes, but uh, workers say that they are given 20 hours of unpaid time off per quarter, the equivalent of about two shifts, after which if they go over that quota, they lose their jobs. And... Amazon confirmed that it was their policy to deduct the walkout from unpaid time off, but did not respond to a question about whether employees would lose their jobs for exceeding the limit. So if anybody in terms of striking, if they striked more hours than they had left with their career, then they could just be fired on the spot.
4: And yeah, they're they're all about busting unions. It seems like I don't want to yeah. you know I don't want to sound too opinionated, but from the standpoint, I mean, I'm, I'm i just posted up a picture of Bezos's empire. Like you sh- you see how many media outlets he himself is a part owner yeah. of. Yeah. So you wonder I'm, why the strikes are repressed in the news.
3: <laughs> yeah,
1: it's, no, it's interesting crazy. to think about. Yeah, he owns a, just, a ton, a ton of stuff, including like Washington Post. I didn't even know he business owns Stack Overflow. Yeah, I did not even know Work that day. Amazon owned Stack Overflow.
2: It, I don't think it owns it, but there's a they have it's an, an investment, her. investment, yeah. investment within. So the yeah, uh, we can post this in the show notes, this picture. Mm-hmm. But on the right hand side is the investments, on the left hand side hide, is left hand side is what they actually own. Mm-hmm. It's quite crazy. Um, yeah, and they're quite...
0: corporations inc- have been known to be anti-union for a long time now. Oh yeah, it, it, it yeah.
2: doesn't surprise
0: me at all that a company that regularly, I mean, for such a small level of, of, of deceit or, or whatever you want to quantify it as, I mean, we talked about two years ago on this podcast, they regularly up the price of things to put them on sale for what they were already priced at just so it looks like you're getting a deal. I mean, that happens for something so small, you think they're not doing bigger business things. They're one of multiple corporations that constantly run a lot of things through charities to not have to pay taxes. I mean, we see regularly reports coming out where like, hey, Amazon made however many billion dollars last year and zero dollars in taxes were paid. Like, how People who make it to the top usually do it by stepping on the little guy, and it's a shame, but again, like you said, the marketing and the news is driven as such, what is it doing for me, not how is it affecting others? And it's unfortunate, Mm -hmm. and I know that on the surface, that's not how we want to think, but it's how it happens.
3: Also it may suck, but if they're following the rules like as they're written as in law, then oh, yeah, for sure. what can you yell at them for? It's, it really sucks. It shows that there should be a change. But I mean if they're if they're crossing their T's and dying in their I's and playing by the rules, you can't really do anything about it.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's it's not it's almost like i I'm not mad at them for taking advantage of it. I'm mad that it was yeah. available to be taken advantage of in the first place. Right.
4: Well, you look at also like they're damaging UPS and FedEx uh, to delivery services that were built on unions. Like they, like my uncle worked for UPS for years. He raved about it. You know, it paid so well back in the 70s, like having that union protected them and they, the, the wages were great. Now you're getting these guys that are just throwing your boxes at your front door for $15 an hour out the back of their van. You know, like it's 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 definitely a difference.
3: Yeah. I've seen a drastic spike in how many Amazon fulfillment services vans or freight like uh, 18 wheelers or um, like you were saying, like private drivers who are subcontracted by Amazon delivering packages. I like hardly ever see, I see FedEx come once in a while. I never see UPS drop off Amazon.
4: Exactly. He's also reaching out and busting those two unions while keeping it out of his own (laughs) empire.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And uh, another piece from this article, just to like go back to what the experience is like on the floor for some of these employees um there's no three strikes in your out rule and it's a matter of conversations with the workers and um a, a lot of the stuff is controlled via software like that phone that I was mentioning in saying that um it was like common workers can be fired on their fourth warning and managers deferring to the software to indicate why that they're being fired and they interviewed this um this Amazon employee and it said when he started working at the Shakopee Fulfillment Center three years ago, her, her uh, rate in Stowe was 120 items per hour. Now it's around 280 items per hour. Workers say they were once permitted one error per 1,000 items. Now they're allowed one error per 2,200 items. Uh, and when they make an error, they must work twice as fast to get their ratio back in good standing. And they say that the rate is supposed to set a cadence of expectation and that the goal is to have someone processing an order every 10 to 20 seconds. Which is like unbelievable when you're working in a full warehouse. yeah. And you gotta get that product from one side of the warehouse to the other side of the warehouse in like 10 to 20 seconds. Not only that, and then find out where it's supposed to go, what shelf, what rack, and then process that order. Like, it... I I was like... I bought something at the very tail end of Prime Day, but right up until then like nothing that I saw was like worth the knowledge in the back of my head of what is happening to people in these these warehouses because Amazon like we mentioned earlier says that um they like they say they take care of their employees and sure their benefits look good on paper, but when you have employees referring to the place they work as the meat grinder, then I have some serious doubts about because like, it's kind of like whenever you have any company that's not doing well, like whenever people are unhappy about where they work, you hear from the people who are on the ground floor talking about the real issues that the company is going through. But then you hear management being like, but look at the benefits, but look at the opportunities <laughs> the job offers. Yeah. And right. it's like, look at how good things are when you look down from our
4: level. <laughs> Right, when you're just looking down.
1: Yeah, if you look down, well, you see a bunch of people, and well, you can almost make out the smiles on their faces as they skip happily over to the next
3: shipment box. <laughs>
4: Wait, well, is that not a know, smile? You, talk- you're fired? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: you You can talk. You can talk about, you know, like what benefits are provided and whatever. But I think we've all been in a scenario in our, you know, work experience where you're in crunch time and you're working. To meet a deadline under like time constraints and um, you know quality of work expectations, and it's extremely demanding and taxing on your brain. And even if that like one employee, I'm sure like that processing time of thirty seconds, you know, there's multiple people that that goes through. Or like it doesn't mean you have to run across the warehouse in thirty seconds. But being under that kind of pressure constantly is extremely demanding. On somebody, um, and I think that's something that benefits package or like however many hours or days of leave can really um you know remediate it's 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 something that's going to stick with you and it's not sustainable yeah because i mean
0: in an environment like that you you run the risk of now i'm worried okay you can give me all the leave but now i'm worried if i don't show up today you didn't see my face you think i'm not doing a good job anymore when i come back now there's even more pressure on me to step up to to a level of of ridiculous expectation or exactly. What what you constantly see in these scenarios – and we've talked about this with other companies before. I forget exactly who we talked about this with before, so apologies for not being able to reference that I- exactly. But where in, in non-union or non-employee organization – organized uh, scenarios, you usually uh, run into, especially you know, with larger companies like this, situations where people feel – now, villainized for going, you know, they talk about, hey, you know, why go to a union rep? You can come right to the people who can make a difference about it. And then all they do is feel like now they have it out for me because I was willing to complain. I'm now marked as a guy who complains, and my job is now harder as a result of it. Instead of being having an open door policy is great if it's truly an open door policy. Yeah. It, but but when right. it's when it's used against you later, that's when it becomes a problem.
1: Yeah and it's it's just it's like it's depressing and it's something that i hope gets better but unfortunately as we saw from the news cycle like i'm worried that there's a chance that it might not improve much but that's the thing that like if people like us keep reporting on it and keep talking about it and keep it in the conversation then i think hopefully we might see some change come from the company and like finally accepting that yes they're is a reason that these employees are referring to their warehouse as the meat grinder like yes there is a reason that like somebody doesn't have to fight to have a warning removed because they came in to work with a leg injury and couldn't meet their rate for the day
4: i think that that company's ultimate goal is to replace all those people with robots so i don't think they really want to improve the situations of those employees
1: Yeah.
0: yeah And you might not be wrong man and it's a shame I mean it's uh, for all the all the positives that we talk about when we talk about this company at the different times throughout our, our podcast life um, right. it's when we've talked about these negatives it, it's one of the reasons I've remained uh, not a prime member I haven't purchased Amazon Prime ever in my life for for this reason I feel like a, a company there's a lot of things that I avoid uh, with, with companies and that I don't like to publicize but I I, I I'm passionate about Things like this. And, and it's one of the reasons why I'm not just going to give this company extra money. And and, and although I, I I don't blame anybody who does, I understand the convenience and and all these things that it that having that offers. But um, it's I mean, heck, guys, I mean, I'm I'm Mr. Stick to my guns to the end. I was a I was a, a toll worker. And for that reason alone, I won't get an easy pass, even though it's so much easier and <laughs> cheaper to have one. It's
1: <laughs> you know, in the it's name. It's so much
0: easier and cheaper to have one, and I still won't do it. Because I'm like, yeah, but there's like those two dudes
1: left <laughs> that I worked with. <laughs> they still gotta pay their I mean, bill. it's in the name. It's easy. <laughs> yeah, I agree. It's something that uh, – it's a good principle to have. But, yeah, it's something that's going to take a lot of work in order to getting – actual movement in that industry. Um, I don't even know how to segue into the next article. <laughs> Coming off of that, Yeah, I'm just going to say it. Um, so, we talked about Stadia when it was announced. We had a podcast just in time for Stadia's release, but we haven't had any chance to cover anything between then and now. And um, much to the delight of Kyle, One of those events that happened between today and now is one E3 event. Mm -hmm. And alongside E3, maybe not exactly in the same building, because if I remember correctly, Microsoft moved to a new building located near E3 for their specific product releases. Um, They announced xCloud. Uh, Kyle, do you want to go off about this? Do you know much about the xCloud platform? Um, no,
0: I don't. Okay, I know that I claimed to be a, a gaming fan at the beginning of this podcast, but you've called me on my bluff. No, I just That's I fine. haven't looked enough into no, it's, it. Uh, it's all
1: good. But um let's, let's get after Yeah, yeah. So, it's it's being compared to Stadia a lot right now. Um, they're at but it's it's kind of an unfair mark to compare those two because they're not even in direct competition with one another right now, because neither of them have launched. And I would argue that xCloud is way farther back in development than Stadia is. Stadia has a pricing plan. It has a, it has a, a product life cycle that they're estimating. It has, has details of all of its tiers and structures and what it's going to do. And, and there's a lot of unknowns that still remain around what xCloud is and how it's going to work. Um, but xCloud, it's, it's a fundamentally different platform from Stadia. For example, Stadia runs on a Chromecast or runs on a Chrome browser. It runs on anything that like anything that you can get on a, on a web browser. Um, but, uh, xCloud runs, on a handful of smartphones smartphones playing Xbox One games. Uh, like, for example, Halo 5 and Forza. And each one of them was rigged up in controller grips with Xbox One controllers. And it, um, it has no latency with a resolution that was 720p at 60fps. And that's where it stops right now. Um, they don't really have... Um, like a project plan or a platform, all they, all it is is here's another company with, I would argue, the, the size and infrastructure to build up a competitor to what Stadia plans to be. And maybe one day we'll be referring to it as a competitor, but for the moment, it's not a competitor. Um, it's another one of these platforms. And I think something that we could get a good discussion about, uh, part of this bigger move towards... Gaming as a service, and less gaming as a hobby, in a way, because we are moving towards this service-based industry. Mm. Um, When you see, you 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 look to music, you look to TV, you look to video games, you look to books. Like literally, almost every way of ingesting information can be broken down to one service.
2: Yeah, and 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 sort of moving away from buying consoles, mm-hmm. um, and just subscribing to this and playing anything anywhere.
1: Yeah, you um, like you can do anything you can listen to any song, you can read any book, you can watch any movie, all of it without ever touching a single physical copy of that right. book, movie, right. Game, whatever. which is,
2: is which is true uh right now as well for games you can yeah. you can go full digital if you want you don't have to buy discs i do but this is more I, yeah but this is more of like not even buying the console itself which was sort of like the, the stopping point so you know you had yeah. to, you the you picked a platform or if you were baller enough you picked all of them and you had all of them and you played the games that you wanted mm-hmm. but for most people you picked the one that had the games you wanted and you stuck with that until maybe the next generation maybe you switched it up I don't know um, as a as a resident gamer our resident gamer I think Kyle maybe Jeff is in that camp as well and Matt yeah I'm, I'm not as much um, what do you guys think of move away from these consoles I know both I know Matt is more of a PC gamer but I know Kyle you pay a lot of console games
1: I also'm curious to hear your opinions on it because I feel like my opinions will be vastly different than jeff's and maybe even more so than kyle's well
0: yeah i mean it's odd because i think pc gamers are kind of used to this already right i think that steam is kind of going in that direction it Mm -hmm. has has allowed you where like i don't have to own anything it's all i have my my steam platform and i can just go um now when they start to integrate it into your uh you know your your controller displays where you can hook up a a phono controller or you can do things like add in um you know add it to your phone or your tablet what have you i think that's when you really get to that uh, to the to the next level of where i think stadia wants to go and where it seems like um, microsoft might be going but microsoft also has seemed that to to mention that a lot of their their future around this this platform is going to To be similar to PlayStation's remote play and kind of rely on their new console, which they're hoping to launch next year Um, which again muddies the water of what we think it is. I I wonder if they're truly going to be like stadia in my mind stadia just feels like a um A a steam taken to the next level and I think for Mm. people who are traditional who have been pc gamers for uh, Gamers for quite some time who have already experienced the the steam uh Platform and everything that it has to offer. I mean, even my little, little bit of interaction with Steam uh, on on my computer, which it, I don't have much, but the little bit of interaction that I have, it's very intuitive. It's very. I mean, I can just go over anybody's house and, and log into my account, and all those games are instantly available, which is absolutely wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, to be able to do that on a mobile device, we'll see how how intuitive it really is um and and i think when we get to a level where it becomes extremely intuitive and it's almost a seamless transition i think you'll see um this industry really start to take off i don't think we're at a point where i'm going to be able to turn around and get the exact same experience on my phone as i am on the xbox one but i think that we are getting one step closer i mean you already saw it with uh with uh, gaming for windows when they started to i know when the xbox one uh A couple years in, they started to do a lot of, um, what was it, like multi-platform purchasing. So if you bought Gears of War 4 or Halo 5 or Forza Horizon, you had it instantly on Windows Gaming and your Xbox One console. You could play it seamlessly. Your games are automatically saved to the cloud as long as you have an Xbox Live account and you can pick Mm -hmm. up where you left off on your laptop versus your uh, tablet versus your, your Xbox One console. So I think they've already started to kind of move in that direction. Um, It's just a matter of how much further can we really go? What is the next step for this? And that that I'm not really sure of.
3: Yeah. yeah. I agree. And um, I, I like the idea of this. Uh, like, um, you know, kind of on a note of when we were talking about the galaxy fold about someone's someone's got to start it. And then we'll see where it goes from there. Um, I am not as much of a console guy these days, although I used to be. Um, I am uh most notably a pc gamer i do game on my phone with a couple couple games here and there and i do have a nintendo switch um some hesitation i have towards this is it relies a lot on network connectivity Mm -hmm. and bandwidth um not only the fact that you're running a game on a cloud server and then relaying that information to your local device in this case a phone and then it sounds like what Google's aiming for is to stream that to, uh, like, via Chromecast to a TV yeah, if you like wish to do so. Primarily it's, through it's a just, Chrome browser. It's just like too many nodes to seem like it's going to go smoothly unless you have an insanely good network. Um, one thing that I love about gaming and why I got a really beefy, probably, um, you know. Overly specked out gaming PC is because I love that if I store a game on my internal SSD and then run it on my computer and My you know direct connection to a graphics card there. The, the quality is just like insane on some yeah. games And it's so beautiful and I just yeah. love that um, the latency is extremely low because I have such um, fast communications on that internal device and my computer um, if you rely on streaming services, granted, they probably have some beefy backend servers running this, and I know uh, Urban introduced me to NVIDIA, I think it's GeForce Now is the name of that software, Mm -hmm. um, which kind of touches on this, it's where NVIDIA would have backend servers, so it would process your game for you and relay the information to your computer. Um, Great idea on paper, great if you have a great network. In my Mm -hmm. experience, I was trying to use it to kind of work around poor network connection or poor hardware on a laptop I had with me. And I didn't see great results because the connectivity issues were there.
1: Yeah, that um, killed the Steam Link, I think.
3: Yeah, well, yeah. Now. yeah. I mean, the, the Steam yeah. Link was a, a,
0: unfortunately, not great.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, I, it was it was good if you were if you had like a best case scenario environment, but yeah, right. It's all about, right,
2: if if you have the hardware, right? So this is all about getting rid of that hardware and getting rid of the entry point for uh, new gamers, right, that want to game but don't want to invest either in a fairly expensive gaming PC or relatively... I mean, they're still expensive. The consoles, certain ones, if you want to get uh, one of the newer ones uh, to get into that gaming space, you require nothing, uh, uh, just an internet connection and a controller, and you're ready to go to play the latest and greatest games which is a good a great idea to get more people on board who want to jump into and play just casually yeah. play some games
3: especially with like, like system specific games like i think kyle was mentioning like your gears of war where you can only get it on xbox instead of going out and buying the xbox one x or whatever it costs several hundred dollars now if you can subscribe to a streaming service and be able to play that game that yeah. you may have never otherwise played that's really cool mm-hmm. um yeah yeah and these and, types and of services also, are,
2: are geared towards those type of people not people yeah. who are already in with a game a, a pc gamer or console gamer they're, we've they're seen core. yeah well, we've I seen think,
1: services like that I too it, with like
3: game pass and stuff i think it they could kind. be even yeah to go off of that i think it could be even directed towards current gamers because i know in my experience with people i play computer games with they'll They're really like willy nilly with buying games just because they want to try something new. We want to, you know, all try and play a multiplayer game together. there's some kind of subscription service where you have access to those games without having to buy all these different titles individually. I think that's going to easily net out. If not, um, one
2: of of the highlights that they put out when they were showing off stadia is let's say you're playing a game. You can stream to YouTube right there. You're live streaming your game. Let's see your friend. You see your friend playing a game uh, on YouTube live and you can have a button right there. If you have stadia, Jump into the same game right where my friend is at and join them right there. Like that's one of the good experiences. You know, I don't yeah. have to buy the game. i want to subscribe and just jump in yeah. and start playing with my friend,
1: in the yeah, same this, place he's at. It, it enables like a whole new realm of possibilities with gaming when you have this cloud platform behind it built. And like like we said, assuming like best case scenarios, like you can totally do that. And then going a step further from what Irvin was saying. Like popular streamers who stream to YouTube, and this could be very well what sets YouTube apart from Twitch and gives them success, is that if you have a streamer who's playing a game that Stadia enabled, and they, uh, let's say you're watching a speedrunner YouTube or YouTube streamer, and they beat the world record of a speed lim- of like a of a run, you can. If they wanted to, they could be like, "Hey, see if anybody can beat my time," or like not necessarily a world record, but like if they do a really good time, they could be like, "Hey, beat my yeah. record." And they can take a snapshot of where they're at in the game. And anybody watching can jump in and play an instanced version of what they are currently experiencing. It'll have the same the same build, the same settings, the same options, the same character spec, the same physical location in the game, same level. As the person that they were just watching, and they can see if they can do it better. So it kind of introduces this new like social dynamic to a stream.
3: It,
1: that's kind of uh, I, th- I think your it, ready player one.
3: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Go ahead, Kyle.
1: Uh,
0: it's it's cool. I I think the thing for for me, uh, Stadia is very interesting because I've always been a always been a console gamer. Uh, I've never never really played on PC at all. Um, except for over a friend's house, he showed me how world of Warcraft worked one time and that was really it. Um, and all day long at work, when guys want to talk video games, they talk the games that I know for like the first five minutes. And then the next hour is all about PC games that I don't know of, have never heard of, can't play with these guys. And I think the, the, the biggest issue for me is the investment is getting the PC. Cause I'm going to be a guy who's just like, well, if I want to buy a gaming PC, I'm buying the gaming PC. I'm not just going to, yeah. I'm not just going to buy the bare minimum. Like I'm going to go out and invest money in this thing and make it top of the line. And I think that this streaming service, if as long as I have a good internet connection, which I do, I should be able to replicate damn near the, a, a hefty investment, being able to pick up and play games with my friends, with you guys who are already playing these games together and having a great time. And I, you know, it, it's it's one of those things that like I kind of feel left out in certain scenarios and certain conversations that I can more easily pick up uh, into and, and get involved with um, if this platform works as intended.
1: Yeah, and there's a couple of points that I did want to bring up um, that we were talking about earlier. Is like with these new platforms, there's new ways to experience games and new ways to expose yourself to things that you might not have otherwise seen before. Like, for example, when... When I was, uh, I tried out Game Pass and just to get an idea of what Microsoft's um, kind of play as you go um, gaming suite system because it comes with a library of free games and also enables you to purchase games and add them to your library as well. But you still have this this fallback of like 30 or 40 free games that you can play. And through that, I found a list of games that I would otherwise have never tried because I would have had to pay to test them out. But through having access to them for free, you can just kind of ADHD switch around between all these games and try them out and see what you like and what you don't like. And as a result, I found like four games that I love and are in my current rotation of stuff that I play just because it's something that was given to me for free so I could test it out instead of having to deal with looking for a refund.
0: And who was it? EA did something similar as well, right? I know that yeah. they had the Xbox Game Pass. I know that EA, like, especially with their their big sports games, I think six months later they get added to the list. So I yes. think even if you don't pick up Madden 20 on day one, uh, but, you know, before the season's even over, you have access to it. You can play your franchise mode. You can play with your buddies yeah. online. It's called um, EA I know that, Access. Yeah. I, I know a good friend of mine, I had, when I worked at GameStop, I got Battlefield and Titanfall uh, for free at an event. And he had never played either one of them. He signed up for Game Pass to be able to play NHL and Madden every year. And now he's a huge Titanfall and Battlefield mm-hmm. fan just because he was like, well, I have access to them. I might as well try them.
1: It was because of EA Access that I found the the RTS game, They Are Billions, which is <laughs> something that I, I love. All the, I've played that a lot. Um, and I would have otherwise not found that had it not been for one of these gaming services. But the one thing that I... Uh, go ahead, You look like you have a idea you want to bring up Jeff on here.
3: Well, it could be it could be the same one you're going to say, but oh, so, I'm just okay. really hoping I'm really hoping that this leads into finally having some freaking cross-platform play like some serious oh, yeah. like like that one instead time of, where, I can Yeah. Go ahead. Like like not to get too specific, but like I I guess I didn't do my homework before I did it. Uh, it, was, it wasn't was a big deal because it was like 10 bucks when I bought it, but I got Minecraft for the Switch. And it's great because I can like play it on the plane when I'm on airplane mode and like I'm away, whatever. I thought that I would be able to play with my friends who play on the PC because why wouldn't you be able to? But there's, it turns out there's different launchers for the different versions of Minecraft. And I can only play with like PlayStation people who play Minecraft, of which I know none. But I know a ton of PC gamers who play Minecraft and we're disconnected. So if these kind of you know services provided by Microsoft and or Google um, would alleviate that and allow you to kind of like, who cares, like where you, could, maybe like if, if you're, I don't know if it'd be like if you buy our service and you could play with anyone on any of these games or maybe if you get to a point where it's, yeah, it's on the cloud, it's this game, so anyone who has this game can play it because it's running on our server so you can kind of choose which version of it you're playing. Yeah. I just hope that something yeah. like that's in the works. If it makes you I feel better, I that. have
1: Minecraft on the Switch, too. <laughs> Ooh, we can play I, together. That's good to know. I yeah. could see that being, like,
0: a long-term thing. So, like, when Stadia launches, maybe that's not a a, um, a capability immediately. But I think mm-hmm. the, if it's a success, which, we, which I think it, it would be in theory – um, that'll start pushing the bar a little bit more. I mean, Fortnite's already kind of pushed the bar. Microsoft's put, uh, excuse me, Minecraft's pushed the bar a little bit. Rocket League was able to push the bar a little bit. I yeah, think so, with the success that, uh... of a huge platform instead of just individual games, that's when you'll really see uh, people want to want to make that
1: change. Rocket League was my mm-hmm. favorite, though, because they were just like, oops, accidentally rolled out crossplay to all platforms, and they, like, locked it back after after Microsoft and Sony for like, whoa, 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 we got deals, we worked out, yeah. we can't do this. <laughs> right. So, but yeah, um, but Jeff, I, I that was one of the points that I was, that I hadn't thought of to make, but what I did think of is just, and I want to close on this, is um, this also opens up the conversation of ISPs and how they interface with gaming, and not only just the speed of network that you have, but some ISPs even enforce data caps on their home internet services. And if you're streaming a game at what Google touts can be up to 8K on a TV, like, how quickly can you, like, how quickly are you going to hit that data cap if you're streaming 8K video to your house? Like... It's like and that's really,
3: input, input, and, input and outputs too, yeah. not just input
1: yeah, yeah. and I, I think that like we're gonna see quickly a, uh, a push to hopefully end those data caps especially if game streaming as a service mm-hmm. becomes a thing because it's like streaming video, let alone playing streaming a game over the internet is massive in terms of its bandwidth that it takes up like you could be hitting terabytes per day. Just from if you play a game all day or like a streamer, it it would be awful. But um, but yeah, that's it's something that it's a it's part of a bigger conversation and maybe like um, something that might be might be reporting on later because I also I do plan on um, I pre-ordered the founders edition of Stadia as an early birthday gift to myself, so I would love to report back on my experience with Stadia and maybe let you guys all try it out firsthand and we can also like take Sweet. it to we can like take it around and test it in a variety of different internet conditions and and see like what it's like for for different speeds and different users and that, that, that potential
2: yeah that'd be a fun test i like yeah. it Love it so, before we close out the show, I want to do a quick update. Uh, Samsung was listening to our show live, and they have just announced they are releasing the Galaxy Fold in September. Official date. <laughs> uh, they were listening, and they were they're hearing our cries. We want the phone out uh, as soon as possible. So, they're like, okay, guys, Be- Beards of Tech, we got you. September um, of 2024, beer- right? Yeah, twenty twenty four. They didn't. They didn't. They were a little quiet. The date. Yeah, they just they said announcing. September. They didn't say a year. Yeah, just...
3: yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, heard and, it. And to be, to be clear, this was announced by The Verge during our show. Yeah, that's what <laughs> I mean. They, they yeah, were so, yeah, I know. I just, I just want to make sure the listeners yeah. know that you're not right. just being funny. No, heard they it here first.
2: It while me. we yeah. were recording. Um, so Sam, Samsung has a tap into our show, we get direct feed. Yeah. Um, so just what i saw that coming through i was reading I was like wait what we're just talking about that so <laughs> up during the show yes. but yeah that concludes the first or er, er, 87th episode of, of beards of tech whatever however you want to look at it
1: <laughs> yeah um and anybody who's looking to follow up with us any of our information now, it gets so much easier because I only have to list one place. Yes. Um, if you're looking to reach out to us on any of the platforms, you can find us literally anywhere, but also, more importantly, at beardsoftech.com.
2: Yes, and we would have all the, so all the links to all the different podcast networks so you can get the show however you listen you want to listen to it. Um, and also, all of our social media links are on there as well. So if you can see us on Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, Uh, We'll be updating that soon, getting that uh, up and rolling. Right now we're audio only, but we're getting this stuff ironed out and we'll get that Twitch stream up and running uh, as soon as possible. Yes.
3: And uh, also, in case you haven't done so before, uh, if you go to that website, you can actually click on that and see what we look like if you don't know. So that's, uh, yes. And and, you know this this website's in development too. I'm sure Irvin and uh, the rest of us will be adding some nice little features to it.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, check it out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but uh, yeah, as Irvin said, uh, this has been episode 87, and we'll see you guys in the next one.